What up, doe? You already know what time it is. It's your boy, GameCube, that dude, and this is the MC Nerd Jock Show. Yes, sir. Episode four. I hope you guys are ready because this is going to be a good one, a real good one. I've been waiting to record this too. Thank you guys for being patient with me as we get this to y'all. Shout out to Slumber Logic as we do every single time for hooking us up with this intro beat. So official. So clean with it. Slumber Logic has a new project out too, so make sure y'all uh, follow him on all the DSPs and Instagram and all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Slumber Logic. Hottest dude out of, out of Canada. Drake better watch his back, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Let that ride out. Welcome, 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 welcome. Like I said, episode four. You back at it. We're going to start this one off like this because this is a big episode. You know what I'm saying? We're going to pop this off just like this. What y'all listening to right there, right there, is just a little excerpt of the craziness and amazingness that I got to experience a couple weeks ago. That was Stretch Money from the east side of Detroit, Detroit legend, true MC, rocking the house at the Detroit 50 Hip Hop, 50 Years of Hip Hop Detroit at the Fox Theater. Let me just let me just hold on. Let me let me break down the lineup for y'all. Let me pull this poster up so y'all can y'all can really feel what I was what I was feeling. So we got Dougie Fresh, Slick Rick, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, KRS-One, EPMD. Mm. Yeah. So that was the national crew. Then we had the Detroit artist, Detroit Hip Hop 50, 17 Detroit Hip Hop le- Legends, one stage, one night. We had Miss Corona in the building. We had Big Herc. We had Awesome Dre. We had the Drunken Master was in the building. Stretch Money was in the building. Dogmatic was in the building. Detroit's Most Wanted was in the building. The Super MC. Super MC was in the building. Jack Frost. Uh, who else was there? I think Dude Brown was there. Marquise Porter. Uh, Isham was supposed to be there, but he wasn't there. Uh, I think Delilah the Poet. I think she was in the building, too. 
I'm sorry if I forgot anybody, but they all shut it down. Stretch Money popped it off, as you heard, and uh, Drunk, Drunken Master closed it out, brought everybody up on stage. Man, it was it was truly incredible. It was it was a I was blessed to be there. Big shout out to 2D Entertainment and specifically to uh, Derek Denham Productions. Derek, man, uh, much love, man. I appreciate you uh, respecting me enough and 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 what I'm doing here with this show to to allow me to be in the building uh, to help. You know, my goal here is really honestly is to to try to bridge that gap from the young guys and the older guys, you know what I mean? I somewhat am younger, 33, so I can still connect with with uh, a lot of the younger music that's coming out right now. I'm still rocking with it. But then I also have appreciation for the older music that came before us, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I was, I was like, yo, I was really buzzing uh, when I saw my man KRS-One. I had gotten a chance to see EPMD, um, Slick Rick, and Dougie Fresh. I think I saw them before. I believe they did the Art of Rap tour uh, with uh, Ice-T. So I got to see them a few years back at Freedom Hill. I saw them. Uh, I saw like Curtis Blow, Sugar Hill Gang. I uh, got to see Mob Deep before Prodigy Pass on that tour. Um, but that was like 2017. Uh, so, you know, I, I hadn't got a chance to see Big Daddy Kane in person. Um, definitely had never seen, had a chance to see Rakim and uh, never had a chance to see KRS-One. And, man, KR, so I got this video, which I when I post this this episode, I'll post the full video um here let me actually so before we get to that big daddy kane epmd started off they was rocking doing their thing they dj uh lost his mind and was cutting all types of crazy with his elbows with his toes with his with his hat with his forehead i mean this dude was was really showing you how you how you're supposed to dj uh, which brings me to my next my next thing about a DJ, uh, and and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, so so EPMD started it off, rocked the house, uh, really really got everybody hype. Um, and then after EPMD, we had, I believe, Big, was Big Daddy Kane next? Yeah, I think he was. So right after EPMD, we had Big Daddy Kane, and he went through a medley of music and was just like you would imagine. Like, I mean, it looked like it was nineteen uh, nineteen eighty eight out there because he was he was really rocking. He was he was moving, dancing, and then he had this young cat out there that was uh, break dancing. So they was really setting it off. Let me see if I can get something, pull up something from from Big Daddy Kane. My audio is working today on my phone. My phone being funny. I got too much stuff on my phone. Anybody got a free phone? They uh, old phone that they're trying to get rid of. Send it my way so I can stop using so much <laughs> memory on my phone. 
But yeah, if this ever pulls up, oh here we go. No, it's still loading. Come on, man. All right, let's see if one of these clips will pop up. iCloud playing funny today, funny style when I need it, when I need it to work. Yeah. When we was here. Oh. Hold on. So that's that video. All right. So Big Daddy Kane, it actually was like the day before Biz Marquis' birthday. Um, so when, when the Detroit 50 celebration at the Fox happened, which I have to imagine, like, had Biz Marquis not passed, he probably would have been on this tour, too. Um and and been at the Fox, which would have been incredible to see Biz Marquee too. But uh, so Big Daddy Kane, those of y'all that don't know, uh, how we even got to know who Big Daddy Kane was, was from Biz Marquee. So Biz Marquee, uh, Big Daddy Kane was kind of uh, battling around local spots uh, uh, in Brooklyn and kind of high school and stuff, and just out of high school. So he kind of made a name for himself. And then there was another guy who, if I had to, um compare to like history wise Bismarck E back in, in in the 80s uh meant what he meant to the hip hop scene of the of the 80s is what proof meant to the Detroit hip hop scene of the 90s so he was so Bismarck E was like the mayor man he he same he was all around going sneaking into people's high schools and battling people and and bringing people together, so word got around that, uh, you know, B- uh, Big Daddy Kane. There was a new dude who who was one of the illest around in his neighborhood. So he met Bismarcky. They battled, and it was you know somewhat of a tie. I'm sure each probably said that they beat the other. Um, and Bismarcky was already a little bit on. He was kind of hanging with the Juice Crew and Marley Mar. So he was like, yo. I'm going to help you get a deal. And Big Daddy Kane actually kind of explains that before he preset, before he, he performs. Um, and they all, like he says that during his performance at the, at the 50, uh, 50 years of hip hop event. So that's kind of precursor to what, uh, you just heard. Um, and Big Daddy Kane ended up kind of writing, help Bismarcky write a lot for his first album. And then it ended up helping him getting a deal. So, Biz, uh, Big Daddy can't kind of explain that to the crowd that he wouldn't be there tonight had it not been for Bismarck E. So while he's doing all that, they kind of have uh, in the background the DJs playing like a, a instrumental mix of uh, Just a Friend. I say he's just a friend. And then he kind of goes right into uh, Nobody Beats the Biz instead and kind of mix it up and, and raps that whole verse because he actually wrote that verse. Big Daddy Kane wrote that verse for Bismarck E. So now let me play a little precursor so you understand what's, what's going on. Oh. When he was here, I think he'd do it like this. That's the switch right there. Yes, Oh, 
Yeah. So that's. So this is all Big Daddy came, man. He was killing it the whole the whole night, the whole night. And then he really smoothed it out at the end. And he had the little, little jacket on with the hat. He had his homie bring the stuff out, and then he just he mic dropped at the end. So that was that was, and then literally, so right, so Big Daddy came was 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 finishing up, and while he was finishing up, right behind me, walks up this surprisingly tall gentleman with a uh with like a beanie uh beanie baseball cap on and uh and a little just a black sweatshirt but he's got the microphone in his hand and i look and i kind of look up because i was surprised that this person was so tall and it was krs1 he was just standing right there was ready watching the end of big daddy kane's performance and actually somebody was trying to talk to him and I think it was trying to get a picture or whatever. And KRS was like, uh, "Yeah, man, not not right now. I'm 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 focused." He was locked in, and I didn't. I have never seen KRS perform live. I've watched enough videos and watched enough interviews and seen enough video of him to know kind of what his mind state, or you know, to think I know what his mind state was when that dude was trying to talk his ear off is not that he was trying to watch Big Daddy Kane's performance. He was waiting for his cue because watch, because I'm going to start this video up I'm a, uh, uh, that I have, and I definitely am posting this one because this was uh, probably the highlight of my night uh, and being there uh, that evening. Uh, KROS kind of getting ready to get on stage. Uh, Tune Up Man was introducing them. Tune Up Man was the host. Shout out to Tune Up. So the DJ, Big Daddy's Kane's DJ, is b- barely even finished getting off stage. And uh, Tune Up Man is is, is kind of getting ready to do his thing. And for some reason, the DJ is playing LL Cool J's instrumental. And that really kind of ticked uh KRS went off and so this is what this is how he sounds when he comes out Let me tell you, when this man came out and said, turn that off, playing all that Queens, it's the Bronx is in the building. We was in Detroit, but the Bronx stepped down. 
in the Fox, July 15, 2023. The teacher was in the building, the blast master, and he completely shut the thing down. Completely. Now, I was watching an interview, uh, shout out to Juan Epa's life. I was listening to an episode of theirs. They had uh, Gorilla Nims from Coney Island from Brooklyn. Shout out to Gorilla Nims. And uh, he was saying that he himself, you know, he's an MC, um, way more established than me, obviously. Um, but, you know, in the same profession. And he said he feels as though it should be a requirement as an MC to see KRS-One live. You cannot call yourself an MC. You can't, if there was a test that you had to pass, you wouldn't even be eligible to take the test unless you have seen KRS-One perform live. Because he said that's exactly how it's supposed to be done. That is how you rock a show. That is what an MC is. And that kind of brings me to my my next thing that I I ended up kind of thinking about the whole next day and the day after from watching this this Detroit 50 hip-hop is I truly think that part of the reason why hip-hop or, you know, rap music um, is the way that it is now is because we have lost touch with the DJ. We lost some of the true elements that made hip-hop what it was. So while while watching EPMD, like I said, their DJ, uh, man, I, I really wish that I remembered his name. I'm sorry that I don't. I'm going to have to look that up because I don't even know if it, their normal DJ is the is the DJ that was in attendance last night. Or I'm sorry, uh, uh, that night. So uh, Eric Sermon, after the DJ was cutting it up with his elbows and toes and, you know, kneecaps and whatever he was using to to, to cut. Uh, he and Scratch, Eric Sermon came on the mic and said, hey, now that is how you DJ. He said, all these dudes out here talking about they rappers and they MCs, but they don't even have a DJ. They don't even have a DJ. And it really hit me. It It struck a chord because how can we say that we're doing this thing that we call hip hop and not have all parts of it. I mean, you can't fry you can't fry the chicken without having, you know, any flour. What you doing out here? You you ain't frying no chicken. We just putting that thing in the air fryer. It ain't fried though. It ain't got all them special herbs and seasonings. You know what I'm saying? It ain't it ain't how grandmama used to make. It ain't the same. You ain't got all the spices. You ain't got all the same elements. You out here doing a half, you know, job. We lackadaisical with it. 
Like my old basketball coach used to say, y'all being lackadaisical. Rappers these days, MCs, we lackadaisical, man. We don't we don't have no stage performance. We think all we have to do is get lit in the studio, come up with something. That's half the battle, dude. You're doing half the work. You don't have a stage. Did you not hear how Stretch Money came on the mic, bro? Do I need to run it back? Do I need to run this KRS back? Do I need to let y'all? I don't think you guys understand this. L- listen, listen. Listen to what they're doing. Look at his DJ. Just That was his DJ first. South Bronx. South. That was the DJ at Lemonette. That's the DJ. See what I'm saying? It don't sound the same anymore. Something about it is different. Something is missing from the recipe. Got to get the recipe back. Let me. I'm running stretch back. Stretch money came out. Did it the way it was supposed to be. Stretch money to man, you understand me. Hold on, I'm pulling up the clip right now. I got I gotta run him back through. Only justice. Here we go. <laughs> That's that's stage presence is is lost in the sauce. It's not the same anymore. You feel me? It's just not the same. So after KRS came out, uh, we had Slick Rick and uh, Dougie Fresh. I'm hoping I can add this in because let me tell you, when Dougie Fresh... He stole the show, too, because he had a moment where he was uh, going off for, uh, like, a, a minute and a half. I don't, longer than that, man. I don't, I don't know. My man, was, my man was beatboxing. He did this with no breath, straight beatbox. I mean, I recorded, uh, like, a minute of it. And 
uh, that was all I could get. I got the tail end of it. Because I was like, yo, how how long is this dude going to be doing this? So I was like, well, shoot, let me try to pull out my voice recorder and and see if I can if I can get any of this. Maybe I'll edit that out. All right, here we go. I'm going to turn the volume down a little bit, but this is this is him. crazy <laughs> yeah that was crazy sir that's what i said to myself then that was so like i said i cut the tail end of that i mean that was that was a minute right there a minute and a half that i I recorded so he before that he had already been doing it for like four minutes straight i guarantee you i, I wish i would have recorded the whole thing because i guarantee you it was at least five minutes straight Five, five to five, uh, five to six minutes straight, no breath, beatbox, no breath, man. I'm telling you, the dude was boom doing all of that. Still, the whole time doing the, doing the Dougie, the whole time. And like, you know what? I, I else I miss like a lot of these dudes, these these uh dudes that have been doing it for you know a few decades, like they. They got a whole show. They bring it. It's a whole uh, thing. The show's not just them performing their songs, right? Especially when you get to that long, 30 years, because how many times have you heard the song Six Minutes? Six Minutes? Six Minutes? I've heard that song. That was one of my mom's favorite songs growing up when she was a child. You know, when she was a baby face, when when she was in high school. So... How many times do you think that Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick have performed that song? So they don't just perform that song. They do other stuff. So d- mainly it was Dougie Fresh the whole time. Slick Rick came out, did a, did that song, did uh, Children's Story, did Lottie Dottie, which is Dougie Fresh with that too. So, uh, And then m- most of it was just Dougie Fresh just like putting on a show. He wasn't even necessarily performing his own songs like he was just like there was a a good three minutes where he was just saying shine the light shine the, like he was just doing shout outs he's like hey if it's anybody's birthday shine the light on them shine the light on them shine the light on them and we're just doing different stuff like that for like three minutes like he really rocked too man i honestly those my favorite two was dougie fresh and krs1 by far by far um and then, you know, from the Detroit side, I really thought that it there was a good idea for them to have Stretch Money pop it off because he really, 
he really did. He 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 set the tone for the night. So it was really cool to see, man. Big shout out to Derek Denham Productions, 2D Entertainment. Uh, those are the promoters that that got everything together. Big shout out to the Fox and everybody that worked there. It's a little crazy uh, trying to get it. Uh, it was actually pretty smooth. Like um, whenever we, whenever I first got there, uh, kind of going through the security and um, kind of getting back backstage behind the stage to where everyone was uh, for the Detroit medley. So that was actually pretty smooth. But then as soon as the Detroit medley finished, let me tell you, the other security <laughs> that came in, shout out to them because I know they were just doing their job, but they were not playing. They said, Every, we need everybody out, everybody out of here. I don't care if you just was on stage performing. Out. every. I don't care if you media, everybody out. EPMD needs to come through. And so I said, oh, okay, so this is what, they mean by national acts and then detroit <laughs> the local i guess every time you know local artists and then the the touring artists um although you know one could argue that some of these at least in the city of detroit some of these other dudes mean way more to the city than the people that were coming in and on the headlining a headline in the show because big herc was in the building uh you know, that's, that's that's Detroit Legends right there that I listed off earlier. So, uh, yeah, they really, uh, so there was a little confusion <laughs> uh, with the Fox security trying to get people out of the room that we were in, which really wasn't even a room. It was kind of like a vestibule hallway to get from, like, uh to get backstage and then actually to the stage. So there's like a elevator that kind of comes up and, um, you know, if you're downstairs in dressing rooms or I'm, I'm assuming what's down there. Uh, and then it kind of brings you up and then you kind of have to walk around a corner into the stage of the Fox. So they were trying to get everyone cleared out of there. And that's when my man, uh, syntax, which y'all probably have seen me post a few of his, uh, artwork my man syntax was located right there he was set up there early so as soon as i walked in i was like oh man this is amazing this is my first time really kind of doing anything like this um from an entertainment level like i've been backstage doing stuff at different venues from when i used to dj uh weddings you kind of get to see the backstage of, of a lot of different areas and then my uh other job that I was doing work in service, it, you know, that kind of gets you access to things that, you know, you aren't necessarily supposed to be at either. So I've been behind things, but this is the first time I've ever been able to be behind them during a show for an event. So this was, it was really cool to see. So I walk up in there and I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is hip hop. We hip hop out right now. We got the graffiti artist with all his portraits, uh, big daddy Kane, Rakim, uh, Eric Sermon, uh, Parrish Smith, uh, did I get KRS-One? He even had one of Flavor Flav. He was hoping Flavor Flav was in the building. Um, Yeah, man, it was, really, it was a really incredible, really amazing and fantastic night there at the Fox. And coincidentally, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to, 
go too wild on this next thing. I just thought it was interesting. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Kid Rock was also doing a show that night uh, at Little Caesars Arena. So we had Kid Rock show. We had an Ed Sheeran show at Ford Field. And then we had the Detroit Hip Hop 50 with all those national legends and local legends that I uh, mentioned previously at the Fox Theater. So if you're not fr- uh, if you're listening and you're not from Detroit, that's all within like a five-minute walking distance. They're all kind of right in the heart of Detroit. Fox Theater uh, is right across the street from Comerica Park where the Detroit Tigers play, and right next to Detroit Tigers is Ford Field where the Lions play. Uh, and then just on the... Same same side of the street as Fox Theater, but on the other side of I-75 Freeway is the Little Caesars Arena where uh, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, Red Wings play and the Detroit Pistons play. So Kid Rock was performing on the other side of the freeway, uh, headlining his own show at the Little Caesars Arena, come back on this side of 75, we had the Fox Theater, like I said, Detroit Hip Hop 50. And then you got Ed Sheeran a block away on the other side of the street uh, at Ford Field. The reason why all of this I thought was very interesting and unique, uh, Kid Rock, if you don't know, got his start. Uh, you know, he's if you know he's from Michigan, uh, he's actually from Romeo, Michigan, uh, which is like depending on where you are in the city uh like an hour drive um if you're familiar with Detroit at all you can take Van Dyke from Detroit and literally run, it'll run you if you head north it'll run you right into Romeo but an hour away straight on Van Dyke um so that's where Kid Rock is from Kid Rock however did not start when he first started making music, he was not making country and rock as he typically does now. Um, he started out as a rapper. And his first album, actually, was... Hold on, let me just make sure I got the right name. It's called Grit Sandwiches for Breakfast. And it was released by Jive in 1990. So if you look if you look up this uh this record on the front of it you'll see Kid Rock with this high top fade and a uh, uh 40 ounce in his hand and you'll see like soul food on the he's standing outside like some restaurant and the restaurant says soul food and then there's this black black dude with a big smile and sunglasses well that black dude is from Detroit. And uh, let's see. Let's see if they say. And actually, his name is the black man. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. And the black man actually is a very, very important person in Detroit history. So he had uh, kind of like. He was the Barry Gordy of Detroit hip hop. 
so he had a spot on the east side of Detroit, had a little recording uh, studio in the basement, and uh, that's where a lot of people got their start, like uh, um, like Champ Town, who, you know, some would argue had a lot of, uh, was a big part of Eminem's early success, kind of helping him uh, make connections with different hip-hop artists around the around the globe because Champ Town was one of one of the first uh to get signed to a to a deal out of Detroit. Um so Champ Town is from is from Black Man's Camp and then uh Esham, which people a lot of people will say is the first like big local legend, the first real MC that was really like um like a lot of people when they look at hip hop as a as a whole, uh there was before Rakim started release you know started rapping and then there was after rock him and the sound really changed after rock him so same with the detroit history so but there was before esham and then there was after esham so at, you know after esham then re- that's when you started getting everyone was a lot more lyrical and uh esham and his brother actually had a big um big part in the sound that you hear in the south um, his Esham's brother did a lot of producing for, um, for the Ghetto Boys, and so you'll see like early Ghetto Bo- uh, Boys records. You'll kind of see some similar sounds um, that you would with Esham. Uh, so Kid Rock is from that same camp. So the reason why I thought it was quite interesting, because here we are, right? We're celebrating Detroit Hip Hop Fifty, and if someone were just to make top 50 uh, artists, American artists of the last 50 years, chances are Kid Rock would probably be in that group of people. And I just thought it quite interesting that we've, you know, come so far from, from where we started that when we go back to try to celebrate the achievements, you know, you not necessarily included or even looking to be included really is probably the better way to put it. Um, So I just thought that was interesting. The other interesting thing that night, um, because like I said, the legends, so the national legends that I mentioned, right? Big Daddy Kane, EPMD, um, Rakim, KRS-One, Slick Rick, right? Very, very huge pillars in hip-hop history. Like I said, there was before Rakim, and there was after Rakim, the way things sound. Like, really, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, um, and KRS-One. I feel like I'm missing a fourth. Uh, really kind of shaped and changed the sound that led to what I fell in love with with 90s hip hop like you really you're not going to have that without Rakim Big Daddy Kane and uh KRS-One and Cool G Rap Cool G Rap is the other one so Cool G Rap uh cuz that's really the street the, the street spitters the, like there would be no Ghostface Killer no Jada Kiss uh no no DMX if there weren't for guys like Cool G Rap uh, KRS-One, so there'd be no commons, there'd be no black thoughts, 
there be no um who else is in that same vein uh there be no talib qualis no most deaths if there's not if there wasn't for krs one uh big daddy kane smooth but still gangster so there'd be no jay-z's there'd be no uh raekwon's like they or raekwon's probably a little bit more like cool g rap but um There'd be no Drakes. There'd be, you know, uh, no ASAP Rockies without a Big Daddy Kane, right? And then you got Rock Kim. So there's no, like, just true on uh, wordplay. So there'd be no L's eyes. There'd be no Nas's. There'd be no, uh, no Eminem's, no Kendrick's without Rock Kim. Um, so with all that being said. Ed Sheeran, same night, July fifteenth, brings out Eminem at the at Ford Field, which is incredible. I'm I don't want to take anything away from that because that's absolutely incredible. Ed Sheeran obviously is a big Eminem fan, and the fact that he brought out Eminem in Detroit is legendary. As a hip hop head, however, <laughs> I was just shocked that there was no way logistically for Eminem to be in attendance at both. And who's to say he wasn't? Maybe maybe he was up in the crowd because I was backstage, right? Maybe he was up in there somewhere and didn't want to be seen and then, and then dipped out and, and performed with Ed Sheeran. I don't know. But I got to say, because, I mean, they started off the Detroit Hip Hop 50 playing his music. They were playing, uh, they had a, a live band along with DJ Los, big shout out DJ Los who was DJing a lot of the uh Detroit he did all the Detroit melody stuff uh medley stuff at the beginning. Um so you know, it would have been it would have been nice to see uh, that I guess that's more just the hip hop head in me was like, man, it's a little disappointing to be a hip hop head in the city of Detroit and we have such a big legend that's from here. And we're celebrating the Detroit legacy in in hip hop history, and you know you you know Eminem's in town, literally a block away, but he's not in the building where we're we're celebrating hip hop. Um, so I guess just as a hip hop head, I was a little disappointed. I'm not gonna go in on Eminem. Um, because I'm once again, I'm not from Detroit, so I don't think it's my place to even speak on the relationship between Detroit and Eminem because who's to say at some point I might, I hopefully I don't have the relationship. I mean, I'd be around, I got mad love and respect for Detroit. Um, so I don't ever want to have that relationship where you're garnering, you're garnering success based off of where you're from but don't actually have a relationship with that place you know so um i don't want to be that so always want to show love and respect for the city of detroit and uh detroit residents for allowing me to be part of of the event and allowing me to uh champion you guys because i uh and and people agree I had to. I saw somewhere on the internet. I had to see do some research. Maybe I'll 
post it uh, whenever I post uh, about this episode going live. Uh, Detroit was named the major music city of the world. That's right. Shout out to Memphis. Shout out to Nashville. Shout out to New York City, baby. But Detroit is where music lives. I just had to let it pause for dramatic effect. That was that was clean though, right? That was smooth. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so that was Detroit Hip Hop Fifty. I spent way more time on that than I think I thought I was going to. Um big shout out to Black Milk. Black Milk put out a new album. Everything good? I mean it's good now, Black Milk, that you put this uh album out, dropped it on my birthday. Uh everything's Gucci now. He was asking, it's all good now. It was all messed up, like Diddy said. But <laughs> it was all messed up. What we going to do now? And then Black Milk dropped. Uh, and I, the reason why I really want to champion Black Milk, right, is because Black Milk comes from the tree of Jay Dilla uh, by way of Slum Village. Um, so, and Kareem Riggins as well. So there's a lot of people who um, were either directly in contact and, and kind of learned from Jay Dilla or just heavily influenced by him uh, and from the city of Detroit and are still kind of keep, you know, still keeping that legacy. And Black Milk particular, um, I think, is really continuing the legacy of Dilla because if you notice, Jay Dilla started to change his sound. Um, you know, over time, it was never one one thing. A lot of people who were close to him and were were getting his, uh, you know, mixed, not necessarily mixed taste, but his instrumental packs is what, you know, we call them now instrumental packs, but he used to call them batches. So he would have a batch CD. He would have a batch of, you know, however many songs and he put Buster's name on there. He'd get that to Buster. He put Black Thought's name on there, Tariq, you know, he'd get that to Tariq. Rasheed, he'd give it to Common. And, And, you know, I mean, that was that. Uh, and some of those, some of those beats you've heard, some Bluetooth of them you haven't. Disconnected. Uh, so. Bluetooth connected. That's uh. Sorry, my Bluetooth is kicking in and out of this, and I keep hearing it in the feedback. Kind of messed me up. So yeah, Black Milk has really been 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 doing that, and with this album, everything good. Um, I think he kind of did that again. Um, like he's got this, he's got this song with Kareem Riggins. Um, like this, just it's just a different sound than we've heard from Black Milk. Yeah, I'm saying. Then like, you want to take. He's got this song, uh, Feelings Don't Feel, with Mick Jenkins. Woo! Yeesh! My goodness! It really pops off. That's how we feel about that one. Summertime. 
almost started rapping when I heard this one. And then he's got this song, uh, No Wish, featuring Fonte and Raphael Sadiq. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to see if I can skip ahead a little bit to the Fonte verse. And just play like a little, a little small portion. Don't be mad at me, Black. I'm just, I gotta let them know. Look, Black Milk out here just ripping, ripping it to shreds. He, he's spitting on them too. For those that, those that don't know, oh, he rapped too. And he can throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? It's on that right there. So Black Milk really going in, doing doing his thing. Lutigolo, Lutigolo, Lutigolo. Yeah. I was six years old, she was a neighbor who said, come here and do me a favor, a kiss I gave her. Lips filled with the artificial flavors of candy that we shared. Cherry now laters made our tongues red, but so many things were unsaid, because if my mama found out, she would annihilate us. Confused and aroused by her misbehavior No one to talk, nowhere to turn So I put pen to paper How can a bad touch feel good? How do we make amends when we use one another? Okay <laughs> Y'all thought I was playing Fontigolo, Fonte, big shout out Salute my brother That might have been Salute to Black Milk, man Because that might be One of the best If not the best arrangement of bars that i've heard fonte spit and fonte to me when it comes to like just bars and punchlines and weaving words together i think that he's top 10 ever to do it fonte because fonte is is a true wordsmith and doesn't get the credit for it either so yeah y'all gotta go check out that black milk album for sure uh so the other album that I've been rocking with heavy is Magic 2 by Nas uh, and Hip Boy. So he's got this track. Uh, he's been, you know, he's he's been running on this Magic theme. So this is the second one with that. Uh, he's got this song called Office Hours, uh, which I'm sure is another easter egg because the last album he had that track from um the sample from five heartbeats so if you know anything about five heartbeats uh there's a part in the movie where red is like my office hours are from when he he does the suge night and he's kind of hanging somebody out the window and uh he asked my man my office hours are from when and the guy says nine to five and that's like that's one of my favorite parts of the movie when i was growing up we used to just quote that back and forth to each other so he's got the song office hours featuring 50 cent uh-huh 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 yeah yeah no reason to stop uh, this shit just flowing like water let it flow bruce lee said be like i ain't water. even thinking <laughs> like water, it just goes. Hip hop's back. Esco, they know over 808, some fade over samples. I go, yeah, yo, crack music like the Yates on plugged in. Jump on cables, track bumping like prenatal 70s. I play with Play Doh. All I see a bunch of Fredo's guns. Woo. Yes. Okay, see, see, I already know. I already know what time it is. Nas did. Nas knew what time it was. 
and just out the gate. Okay, okay. Okay, they don't know. Like, just straight spitting. So I was like, yo, if Nas coming like this, well, how, pause, how, how I was, what's 50 going to do? Sad, they say they stop his heartbeat. Like his heart, but you still hit. Hold on. And playing a raw beat. They gonna miss him sad. They say they stop his heartbeat. Like his arteries claw for feasting on some hard meat. In the zone, victim. Stick him, get him, book him. Good you, got him. Glad you took him. Lacking wasn't looking, headshot. Drill shit up the pole. Pill shit, 40 clock. Kill switch, run, bitches still hit. Rat pack him, jump him, gum butt him. Lump him, he fight back and slump him. This shit ain't about nothing. You saw it, but you ain't seen shit. This is queen shit. No if, ands, or buts in between shit. Okay. Nas done brought 50 back too. Come on, man. 50 sound like sound like uh like 2002 50. Use a window shopper. Like he he was on that type of flow. You know what I'm saying? I really need to hear that song. I I've, I've posted it and tried to tag whomever needs to hear this because I really want to hear that song. Same Nas and Fifty keep that keep that Queens connect, and then I need you. I I need this to happen. I need to see a remix with Busta Rhymes and and Royster Five Nine. Busta Rhymes and Royster Five Nines on the remix of Office Hours featuring Fifty Cent. Somebody need to make that happen. Lastly, uh, before I get out of here on this hip hop tip. Is Nas the GOAT? Has he certified himself now? Because he was the GOAT, right? Elmatic, uh, 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 I'm saying Elmatic, shout out to Elzai. Uh, Elmatic dropped, and they heralded him as the great back then. That was 94. Elmatic dropped in 94. It's 2023. And did you not just hear how this man sounded on here? Did you not just hear how how, how Nas came out the gate? Prado's godfather, they on payroll, they on go. When I say so, not to kill, not a halo, they gonna build. Plant tomatoes. Do you not, how, do you not hear this? Are, are we hearing the same things? Because I don't think we are. If anyone says that they don't like this album, we can't be hearing the same things. Irvin Magic Johnson, I'm in the prize and I keep it ghetto like the hood before they gentrified it. I might burn this bitch down, left eye Andre rising. I can't trust you built for Cuban links unless we tied in. Shout to Ray and Ghost. Can it be all so simple? One of my favorite quotes from 42nd Street, days of pips wearing suede loafs. That McDonald's is still there where we had to trade blows. Then I stood on stages, Australia on occasion, country club, house of blues, stadium status, hands waving, hip hop 50 celebration. Funny, we the same agent. We just keep on getting iller. We're the heavy, we're the dealer. And he gave Jay I'm top billing, cooked and sold, grandma skillet, and they rearrange my quotes, trying to make me out the villain, have you jammed up like what you spread on toast, here's a dose of that interesting poetry, others wishing they wrote, we don't smell y'all smoke, y'all should try a different approach, word to have, word to dealer, overweight, pockets for my niggas till the scales tipping, get it, on my urban, Yeah, please just just go listen to Magic too, and then, and then 
maybe we can come back and have a real conversation because if you if you can fix your mouth to say that this isn't a good album mm, we might uh I don't know if we could be sitting at the same tables. You ain't invited to the cookout. No, sir. Not around here. Not around here. I'm going to ask you this one time. Where is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Who's Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? How do I know I'm not going to mess it up again? You won't. Yo, we back. So, I finally caught up on a lot of my nerd stuff, right? So, last time we talked, I think I hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, hadn't seen The Flash. Uh, and I hadn't gotten into all these new shows that I've been rocking with on Apple TV. Um, and I kind of like barely talked about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, really just trying to get you guys to go see it so that when we got to this point, we could really get into it. Um, but before I get to Marvel... Let's start with The Flash. <sighs> the Flash. DC, what are we going to do, man? I don't know what to do with you guys. Because I really, I, mean, I didn't have high hopes. Because um, I, I just don't <laughs> anymore when it comes to DC movies. But um, I really was hoping that the flash was going to be a little bit better than it was. Um, started out good. I mean, so the thing with DC, right? DC always has some like amazing, um, you know, like amazing visually. It looks, it it looks amazing and good, um, special effects, all that kind of CGI, all that good stuff. Right. Usually it's top, top tier Warner brothers. They always throw the money behind it. Um, but for whatever reason, it seems like the stories are the storyline and the plot is always a little bit dry. It's always leaving you with the, you know, wanting a little bit more. So my issue with the flash, if you've watched, if you've, if you're a flash fan, then the story that they decided to tell to put on the big screen for the first flash movie. I mean, we've seen flash and tv like three different times three different iterations of flash on tv from the animated versions to two different live action versions right um and for whatever reason they keep wanting to tell the same old flashpoint story i am so tired we are tired we are tired sir we are tired tired of the same old story i don't know how many times y'all gonna throw flashpoint at me in different ways yes we know that barry is the demise of all civilization because he can't 
live with the tough things that happen in his life. We get it. He's immature. That's, I mean, that's his character. It's what he's always been. Uh, I just like to see some growth. Maybe have him learn a little bit from his mistakes before he wipes out all of civilization. I mean, just maybe. Maybe we should get Newberry. Maybe we should try Wally West. I, mean, I don't know. Wally West in the in the Justice League animated version. Actually, low key. I mean, he was immature, but he saved the one from Justice League. Let me get Wally then, because the one from Justice League, he was on point, man. He saved the day a few times. Batman knew. Batman knew the Flash was the key. Because if he if he's not making dumb, selfish mistakes, he can fully affect in a positive way any like he's he, he's low key kind of unstoppable when he's really doing his thing. Um, but they keep showing him as like this immature dude that only thinks about himself. <laughs> I mean, even on the live action TV show on, on CW, which I was a big fan of and watched the majority of all eight, nine seasons, every episode. Uh, I mean, he's selfish. He, he always runs into this flashpoint where he tries to go back and save his mom and it just doesn't work out or it works out for a little bit, but it changes the whole scope of everything else. And even then when he brings, when he does fix his issues, it's still not the same. Like I remember on a TV show, my man Diggs was mad at him. He was like, yo man, I had a, I had a daughter or I think I don't remember if he had a son. And then afterwards he had a daughter or vice versa, but he's like, yo, I had a whole child that now is gone and doesn't exist because you was over here playing with time. Yeah, I love my, you know, what I've known as my child, but I have a whole nother child that I loved that doesn't exist anymore because of you, Barry. So what are we going to do, man? And Barry's just like, yo, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? It's like, stop playing with time, bro. Somebody, somebody got to tell Barry, stop playing with time. Ain't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? That's what, <laughs> that's what that really means. We ain't got no time for that, man. We ain't got no time to be playing with time. You feel me? So, yeah, that's that's Flash, basically. I mean, if, you, if you've seen it, I'm sorry you can't get your money back. If you haven't seen it, it's and you're a Flash fan... Honestly, I would I would wait I would wait until you can see it for free because it's no different than any of the other stories. the The coolest thing is is like seeing the the live action of the other alternate universe people. So like seeing the bringing back the old Batman from the nineties, uh, and then you know having having super uh Supergirl, Kara on there. I mean, I was I was a little disappointed in the villain even too. Like, at least give us Reverse Flash. How you gonna? How's the villain gonna be General Zod? Like for a Flash movie, what what are we doing out here? This is why DC be messing up stuff like this. They lucky that Quantumania was was trash, or you know, a lot of people said it was trash. I I wouldn't say it was trash, but it was a little. It was like a Kroger bag full of trash. You know what I mean? It wasn't full on trash bag, but it was like, you know how you put the little Kroger bag inside a little bucket 
and like that's kind of the makeshift trash can. Quantum Mania was a little a makeshift trash can. I mean, it was a full on trash can, trash pill, trash bag. It wasn't hefty, but it was a little. It was a little food lion bag. It was a little Kroger bag. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so DC had an opportunity, but they they just can't get over. They can't get out of their own way. Oh, you know, sorry, Barry, but not today. Um, yo, so Spider-Man, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Ah, man, let me tell you, I really, 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 really enjoy this movie. I can't wait till it comes out again for me to uh, buy it. And that way I can watch it a few times. Honestly, I might even just save like the deep, the deep, deep dive of that um, until after I, I can buy it and watch it like two more times. Because I've still only seen it that one time in theater. So even if I tried to like go back over everything, I'm sure I would miss some parts that I really want to talk to you guys about. So um, we'll skip over Spider-Man and come back. In a few episodes, um, maybe we'll. Like I said, I still haven't really decided if I want to do save the deep dives and spoiler uh, stuff uh, for Patreon. I think that's going to be the ultimate plan at some point. Um, is like the spoiler; it'll be spoiler free here on the free podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, and Amazon. Which, by the way, hey, hey, hey. We on all three, baby. Not just Apple Podcasts anymore. We doing it big. We legit now out here in these streets. Yeah, I'm saying y'all can find us. Y'all can tell Alexa, play the MC Nerd Jock Show. And she'll throw that thing right up. But hopefully you don't talk like me, because I've said it a few times to my Alexa, and she be playing all different types of stuff. She don't like the way I talk. So, uh... Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, all three. You already know what it is. Um, So, yeah, I think that's going to be the plan is free episodes. I'm going to keep it surface. And then if y'all really want to rock with me on the deep dives, that'll be more for like a Patreon. That's the plan. But like I said, a lot of that is probably going to manifest uh, a little bit more towards the fall summertime we all it's all we all we all banging together we all we all jumping off to uh to together uh getting this thing rolling so i appreciate y'all even just listening for real um all right so guardians of the galaxy though i think that you need to see that (laughs) um uh, for real though, because I think that Guardians of the Galaxy three might have been my favorite Phase Four movie. Um, or tied with uh Spider Man No Way Home, because right, I mean, I got all all my old school Spider, I got all my live action Spider Man in one movie, so it's hard to kind of beat that feeling of when we first when Andrew Garfield popped up through. Uh, <laughs> through Ned's little portal, and was like, 
Oh, you, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. I'm, I'm Peter Parker. I'm him. I'm him. I'm really him at the... <laughs> you know, that was that was off the chain. And then they brought old man Spider, Spider-Man on the scene. So, yeah. I mean, that was that's hard to beat, for real. But Guardian of the Galaxy 3... Um, the thing that I like about Guardians of the Galaxy is because it really... They really do a good job of bringing what you know we used to see on the comic books or um now or in the last few years like the cartoons um bringing that to life and having it like really just seem like it's just popping up off the page and now we're seeing it off on screen uh when it comes to the costume art when it comes to the plots uh storyline action soundtrack like they they really do an all-around great job and and i'm sure that has a lot to do with james gunn um being behind those projects um but man they they're they're fantastic they really do an amazing job on 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 the guardians of galaxy and it and this one in particular really you know kind of pulls at your heartstrings and, and really makes you feel and understand uh the characters a little bit more and and you know although they're not human um really kind of bringing that that human level to them so that you're just sucked right in pause and uh <laughs> and it 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 yeah i mean it's 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 really incredible without you know trying to give away too much um definitely when that becomes available on Disney Plus next week Y'all gotta go rock with that and, and check it out. I uh, shout out to my, my homie Jose. You gotta you gotta get up on that. Um. So and speaking of my homie Jose, man, he put me on to the place to be for for people like us, and that is Apple Plus. I know they're getting crazy right now with all these streaming services. Like, why even have cable? Or why did I get rid of cable? Because now I got all these different streaming packages, just like I had cable packages. Um, but if you don't already have Apple TV Plus, uh, you gotta get it. If you're if you're listening to this, then that means you're like me, and you like all that sci-fi and you know what they call nerd and geek culture. Apple TV is our is our safe haven. Apple TV is is you know our our mecca so to speak like that's the place right now where we need to be hanging out. Disney Plus obviously for the superhero stuff. Uh and then anything else Apple TV because I've watched a few different sci-fi shows on there and been blown away plus they got my 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 main show which is probably my favorite show out on tv right now which i don't even know what the if it's going to come back for another season and that's ted lasso that is by far my favorite show on tv right now um but i've been rocking with silo s-i-l-o silo i saw on apple tv uh, it's got the homie common uh aka common sense uh on there is playing like a somewhat of a bad guy so basically silo was like 
um, for those of you who don't know, because I didn't really know what a silo was before I started watching the show, but it's basically like a, it's an underground community, but there's levels. So there's like 200 levels. It's basically like this giant um, cylinder, you know, launched into the ground and, and go heading towards the Earth's core. Uh, and there's like 200 levels and there's no elevator. So in order for you to get from the top down to the bottom, you literally have to take a trip. It's like a hiking trip, like days, multiple days for you to get down from the top or to the bottom. So with that comes a little bit of classism because the people at the top are doing a little bit better than the people at the bottom who are kind of running the whole silo, you know, keeping the silo moving, the mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Then you got, like, your judges and officers and all that. They're up towards the top, right? So it becomes a little bit of a class system. Um, So, and no one leaves the silo. They only know what is what is in front of them basically stuff that was before them they're not necessarily they don't have and if they do have it they're not necessarily supposed to have it that makes sense uh, without giving away too much so that show uh was really cool um the thing about apple tv which uh, why i'm i mean they they haven't paid me nothing but hey i'm here pockets are open and your boy's good at commercials. Just saying. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Apple. The reason why I'm rocking with Apple TV right now is because you're getting very high quality writing for these sci-fi shows. But you're not only are you getting that, but you're getting very high quality and high budget um, behind them. So, because it's Apple, they're throwing tons of money behind these shows. So the visual effects on these shows and like I said the costume all that kind of stuff is top tier uh, which you don't always get when you're getting like super sci-fi sometimes <laughs> sometimes because it's so nerdy it doesn't get the money behind it because people are like what are you even talking about you know producers and people who are financing these films are like yo I, I, that's not interesting it's not you know I'm not I'm not riding with that so somebody uh, high up at Apple is like, I'm with the nerdy stuff, so let's rock. So uh, Silo is one of them. Uh, big time actors in there, too. My man, I forget my man's name, but he played uh, Martin Luther King in Selma. He's in Silo. Like I said, Common is in there. Uh, Rashida Jones, she's in there. Um. Uh, my man, who was the coach on uh, Remember the Titans, the the white coach, uh, he's on there. <laughs> Look, don't that sound? It's a real professional uh, podcast because I ain't naming. I'm not naming no names. I'm just telling y'all, like we sitting right in front of each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, big time actors and actresses in in Silo. So then we go from Silo. My man put me on. Uh, the homie put me on the foundation. Now the foundation. Now that 
Now that's some real sci-fi trippy stuff right there. Um, the foundation is, you know, light years ahead of where the time, time-wise, what we are now. So it's, you know, not in today's setting. Um, futuristic setting. Um, there is three gentlemen who are basically kings and emperors of the entire universe or the universe that they know at least right um which they're light jumping like star wars and stuff so they're going outside of their different galaxies um so it's a pretty vast universe that that this guy these 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 three guys are emperors of and uh so they're the royal family and uh how else can I tell you about this without spoiling too much um so basically there's a royal family they 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 are in charge of the whole universe and they're very tech based so everything that they do is very science and tech based um they have you know working with robots and and controlling them and and um high tech weapons and, and all of that and the and the uh, definitely on the planet that they're on um now where the conflict arises is they have another a professor at the university that uh, that the on the planet that the emperors are on is very math based on his calculations and his research and he comes up with this thing called uh psycho history so basically he's able to use math and history together to kind of predict the future so he kind of predicts that you know some things are going to happen and so then there's conflict with the way the emperor is trying to rule the uh universe um and i think that's all i'm really going to say because i don't want to ruin too much of the show um so yeah, so you get the the math and the science are battling, and we get to see who's who was really right and how they're gonna go about determining who was right, and once you find out who was right, are they gonna let that stand um so you know the first season is out, so that was when my you know when when my homie Jose told me about it um he just said, Hey, you got to watch the foundation. So I was like, all right, cool. Watched it. I started watching. I'm like, yo, there's a whole season. I get to see a whole season and then it's on right now too. So, um, there's three, the third episode just dropped last. Oh yes. Uh, today, third episode just dropped today, uh, Friday of season two. So you got a whole season that you can binge and catch up and then be right week to week every Friday. Uh if you got a big family like me, a lot of Fridays you just be chilling in the house anyway, so now you got a Friday night thing an hour at least that you can watch some really cool sci-fi and Apple Apple Plus TV. Um Yeah, I mean that's that's all I really got, I guess for the nerd stuff. I don't know. What have you guys been listening to? What have you guys been watching? Make sure you guys let me know. I like watching stuff. This can't be all one-sided. We're supposed to be friends. 
I thought you were going to recommend something for me, too. So make sure when you listen to this, you hit me up. Either, you know, comment, rate, review, all that good stuff. Or you can hit me up on... Actually, Spotify is so cool that I can actually post a little question with the episode. So maybe I'll throw that in there and be like, hey... What sci-fi shows have y'all been rocking with? So if you're on Spotify, make sure you interact with me. Um, And then definitely, like I said, I'm mostly on Instagram these days. I've been trying to use the new Threads app, too, but it doesn't seem like it's really jumping off. I'm not getting a whole lot of feedback on that. Um, Definitely Instagram is where I get the most feedback from people. So um, I've been rocking on, on Instagram mostly lately. So, yeah, just hit me up. Um, I'm going to have a little trailer for the for this episode, episode four. So just comment on there and let me know what y'all been rocking with. For show, for show. Damn it, Alice. You were right. They have to see. Crushed at 423 feet. Go butter, cause he is on a roll. What were you? What were you? Did you what average, were you? Did you average one point four yeah, points yeah, as a senior yeah, in high school? Yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that pistol P stuff, water pistol P okay. Junior. Okay. Hey, hey there. We're back live. The MC Nerd Jack Show. With your host, GameCube, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, so we back, man, with sports. Uh, so I'm briefly talk about the... Oh, actually, you know what? First off, um, I do want to send out prayers uh, to the James family. Um, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you who follow sports saw that um, Bronny James, uh, LeBron James' oldest son, uh, they just committed uh, to USC uh, last year. So this was his, I'm assuming his first like couple weeks or first week, you know, on campus because uh, a lot of the, the, the athletes have to be there uh, like a month before the school starts and before everyone else gets on campus. Uh, so his first like few days on campus, he uh, was at the facility, uh, at the sports facility at USC, and he um suffered uh a car or went into cardiac arrest uh so his heart stopped um and he had to be revived and and uh was taken to uh the local medical hospital and um was in the ICU but when we uh were all told about the news he was out of the ICU so that's a good sign um you know just prayers for his family. I don't, I really don't want to speculate on what, because it's not, you know, it's none of my business. I just hope that he's doing well. And, um, I hope that he's able to still do the things that he wants to do in his life. And that hopefully he doesn't have any kind of restrictions, um, based off of, of, uh, you know, what, what would happen to him. So, um, like I said, prayers out, out to the James family, um, you know, praying for a speedy recovery and that, and that he's still able to do, I mean, what you will, right. Even if it's not basketball and it's going to be tough, 
um, you know, I'm sure because why wouldn't it be tough? Uh, you know, if that isn't an option for him to continue play basketball, but um, it seems like he has a you know a, a strong head and, and good head over over his shoulders. So um, I'm sure he'll be able to still accomplish everything that he wants to in life. So I just pray that he doesn't have any restrictions to, in order to 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 uh, to do that. So um, prayers to them. Briefly talk about basketball because it's not really basketball season. Um, I'm really excited for the Pistons. Um, I know a lot of people are really upset that they didn't pick up Amani Bates in the second round because, uh, you know, he's, he's from the city. Um, and, man, Sada Baby be at a, was at all his games <laughs> at Eastern, so I always I always wonder, like, was they, fam- you know, family or something? So, you know, he's definitely loved here in the city. So uh, shout-out to him because uh, they were rocking – uh, with the Cavs in summer, uh, the summer league, and they won the championship. I think there was a couple couple cats from from Michigan and from Detroit that was on that Cleveland team. Um, but I'm excited for the Pistons. Um, we got uh, oh man, I'm gonna have to look at something phonetically because I I'm be honest, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I want to say it's. See, let me look at it before I, y'all y'all start y'all gonna be coming for me if I say his name all crazy. All right, let's see if I can find it phonetically anywhere. Aswar? Aswar Thompson? Nah, I'm not they're not giving me anything here. Alright, let's see. Isarek? No, see? Wikipedia be playing, man. <laughs> um Asar. Isar is what they're saying phonetically here on Wikipedia. So I apologize if I'm not saying your name right. Um, But, of course, him and his brother um, decided to uh, skip college, and they played in uh, this OTE league, the Overtime Elite League, uh, based out of Atlanta for for, uh, kids 16 to 20 years old. You know, I mean, they can play professionally, Make a little a little bit of change, a little something something, and then really showcase their talent to be able to go to the league. So the fact that him and his brother were picked like back to back, uh, they you know had just won two titles at the, in the OTE, and uh, Asur uh, Isur actually won uh, MVP uh, twice, and he was league MVP last year. So, um, you know it was. I think that my man's gonna jam. He had a putback dunk that was ridiculous. That was crazy on the uh, at the summer league game. So you know, I I really think that they, the Pistons did a good job with the with the pick this uh, this year. I mean, they they've been doing good the last few years, but it's we've you know since since we had our uh, 04 Pistons that won the championship. Uh, really, it was like oh eight because even after they won the championship, they were still uh pretty elite in the in the league and definitely in the East. Um, 
since like 2008, we've just been in like an endless cycle of rebuilding, having a team that's good enough to, to make it to the A seed, maybe win a game, but usually get swept. And then we miss the playoffs two, three years, four or five years after that rebuilding. And then we, we make it back to the A, a seed and get swept again. And it's like, well, you know, when are we going to be able to get over that hump and, and start being like a four or five seed, uh, you know, three, between three, three and six seeds. So that now we're winning around, we're expected to win around and make it to the second round. I'm ready for those three, four years where we're second round teams. I'm I'm not I'm not expecting them to start jumping and you know heading to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. I would just like to see us start to transition and be in that mix of the of the one through six teams here in the East. Um, because I definitely think with this young core as they start to develop a little bit more and get used to playing with each other, I think that that's really possible. I don't think that that's like being some dreamer. Um, you know, trying to uh, wish that into existence. I, I definitely think that that's doable for sure. Um, so hopefully we can see some progress this year. Um, I'm going to wait until August to start talking football uh, because, honestly, I've been so busy, I really haven't been able to um, pay attention to what the Lions have been doing. I know they started their training camps. Uh, Dan Campbell was out there doing his his up downs that he does every year. So um, they're ready. They're rocking. Everyone's projecting us to be a good team, which is scary <laughs> because we've been historically a horrible team. But I think the 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 people that live here in Detroit, we can all kind of feel it. It feels different. It feels different this year. Um, and, you know, we've been itching. Ah, man, you don't. Y'all thought Philly was crazy when they won the champ when they won their championship a few years back. Yo, it's going to be bananas if we even sniff a Super Bowl. If we're playing in our conference champion in the NFC championship, they're going to have to shut the city down, bro. And I'm not even just talking about the city. I'm talking about all of Metro Detroit going to get shut down. They're going to be uh, tearing up Sterling Heights. They're going to be tearing up Farmington Hills. They're going to be tearing up Wyandotte. They're going to be tearing up Port Huron. Everybody, the whole state going to be claiming the Lions. Unless you're from the UP because they, they Green Bay Packer fans up there. We don't, we don't talk to them like that. They, you know, I got love for y'all in the UP, but I, I, I can't mess with y'all on them Packer stuff. I understand y'all closer to Green Bay, but out of all the teams, man, y'all couldn't have picked the Vikings. Y'all couldn't have just drove three more hours and been Vikings fans. Y'all going to pick the, our biggest rivals, the Packers, to be fans? Of? Don't even get me started on that. I'm getting I'm getting off track. I got love for the UP, but y'all, y'all played us on that. I can't believe y'all Packers fans up there. Anyways, if we even sniff a Super Bowl, I guarantee they're going to have to shut everything down because we're going to be, man, everybody going to be on on Brush Street just just shutting the thing down. They're going to be tearing up the court. 
the court, the, the, th- the 36th district court that's right next door. They're going to be up in, the judge is going to be up in there shutting down. They're going to be acquitting everybody just like, yo, the Lions, man, the Lions about to be in the Super Bowl. Ain't nobody going to jail today. No, no, no. For real, that's gonna, that's how it's going to be. So, um, and like I said, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do a little deeper dive on the Lions uh, in the next few weeks. Um, uh, but, yeah, it feels it feels right. It feels good. Feels good. Yeah. So, I don't know if you guys saw, or probably I haven't mentioned this to you guys, but I'm a big soccer fan. Uh, I'm about to be GameCube deck coach uh, this fall. Uh me and the wifey and I are going to be coaching AYSO soccer. So that should be fun. Uh, I grew up playing soccer, um, a football. And I uh, stopped because I was big as hell and fast. And I think everybody, even my parents, knew that I should be playing football. So I started playing American football. Instead of football. Um, but I still got mad love for football. And I watch it quite often. Uh, and I saw that Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. Where's Messi? Where's Messi? Where's Messi? Well, Messi's in Miami, man. And he's shutting it down. I heard tickets is crazy. Sold out seats for MLS, Major League Soccer. I mean, that just sound American-made. Major League Soccer, this is not a major. It's a minor as hell. Everything about this league is minor. <laughs> but we over here in America, Major League Soccer, MLS. And with Messi here, maybe it is major. That's a major move. I mean, he literally just won a World Cup, and now he's playing in America in, in a crap league compared to what he's been in. I mean, I like that. I ain't going to sit up here like I can get out there and play in the MLS. It's, those dudes are super talented. But compared to what the rest of the world is given in their premier clubs, MLS is like a step up from Juco compared to that. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that he's over here and he's rocking with us and really trying to help, I don't think that there's been – I mean, there's been a few Europeans, obviously – David Beckham was one of the probably the first big star uh, to come from Europe and 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 play over here uh, in America. But I don't think anyone's really came here with uh, being considered like one of the best still right to this day in the world. Um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people would agree that Messi is, you know, top two best in the world and he decided to come and play in America so um that's fire <laughs> so you know with that though makes you wonder right cuz right now we have um well, I mean really there's just a the big 3 for right now right there's football basketball all right let me do it in order so football football is light years ahead of any other sport here in America the NFL makes way more money, um, has way better uh, uh, TV contracts, attendance. Like, they're just blowing all the other sports leagues 
like way out of the water. Uh, then you have basketball, NBA, but even still, like it's you know you have NBA, then you have MLB, which is not that far behind the NBA. I, you know, ask me in the mid '90s when you had Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and King Griffey Jr. MLB and and Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter and like all these guys and the Yankees were cranking out championships every single year. Well, yeah, that the MLB was still ahead of the NBA, but at this point, when you got the LeBron James and the Kevin Durant's and the Steph Curry's and James Harden and the Giannis Giannis you know, all these type of guys because the NBA has become such a star-driven league and you got guys in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant becoming, uh, or Dame Lillard out in Portland becoming, uh, you know, major faces of the league, well, then they kind of springboarded themselves past Major League Baseball. Uh, So then you got Major League Baseball and then tagging along as the, you know, redhead stepsister is the NHL. Uh, and the NHL is always, it always seems like they're always one lockout away from, you know, falling apart. So, um, does that leave room for MLS, Major League Soccer, or I have another one for you that might be able to take this place because they're on TV right now too and have a deal with CBS. They're also on tour right now in the summer uh doing their thing is big three basketball so it's big three basketball with ice cube shout out to ice cube first black owned sports league here in america ice cube did that um big three basketball or mls soccer with Lionel messi now now kind of being the face of major league soccer do either of those have enough of a fan base here in America to sneak past the NHL and become part of that big four major four sports here in America? I don't think that I don't think that either of those leagues are in any type of position to surpass any of the first three that I mentioned to you. And honestly, I'm not even sure that anyone can reach NHL, but um just yet. I mean they're I mean, Major League Soccer has been around for a little bit. Big Three is still pretty young. They're like six years in. Um, Major League Soccer has to be at least like 15, 20 years old now, um, if not more. Uh, you know, with Messi being here, do you think that that will garner enough viewership and uh, advertising money? And TV contracts, because right now the MLS is on Apple TV. So if they can get themselves an ESPN deal uh, or if they can get themselves locked in with like a Fox or a TNT, I mean, I'd, 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 I feel like in order for any of these leagues to fill that four spot in the overpass NHL or at least turn the conversation into what we're talking about. We have five premier leagues, right? Cause I mean, you got USF, uh, US, uh, FL, 
and you also have XFL. So you have other leagues um, outside of those four three. So, you know, what what do any of them have to do in order to become maybe five or six or 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 surpass NHL to become four? Um, I honestly, I really only think that the there's only two that I think can do it, and that's big three because big three. Big, the reason why Big Three I think is winning is because they know who they are. They know they're not the NBA. You know, Ice Cube knows that they're. I mean, they know it's not five on five basketball, right? So they know it. It's not the same show. It's not the same. It's not the same as the NBA. It never will be. But that's okay because I don't think they're even trying to be. They're trying to be themselves. They're it's three on three basketball, um, mostly players who still have something in the tank but maybe can't do an 82 game season not even so much that they can't play in the nba anymore it's like they just can't do the rigor you know they can't do an 82 game schedule like it's it's that's what gets people that's what makes people retire it's not that they can't hoop because how many times you've been in the gym and seen you know a 50 60 year old dude busting a 30 year 20 year old dude's butt right if they really can hoop but the difference is, is a lot of those guys didn't play 82 games in a year for 10 years straight on top of all the college and high school and AAU basketball that they played the rest of their lives before that. So guys who can still hoop but can't do that that full season, but they can give you a, a mean, clean four months. You know, so, uh, you know, big three, I think is something special and ice cube. They're doing it right. You know, they're really gearing it towards the, the kids. I mean, I, I looked when they're coming to, uh, Detroit, man, I really, w- I would love to, to take my kids, you know, I, see if the schedule works out, but like tickets are 25 bucks starting lower bowl, uh, at little Caesars arena. So, you know, why not, why not take the kids, you know, um, so they're really doing it right. Like it's it's an inexpensive ticket. It's a good time. They have a meet and greet with the players afterwards and the coaches. They have legendary NBA, like Hall of Fame NBA. Like Dr. J was a coach. Like uh, Jerry West, I think, was a coach at one time in the Big Three. So yeah, I mean, there's uh, they're really doing it right. Now I think MLS, the only way that they can really uh, become a part of this conversation is when they start to bring in more European talent. I mean, honestly, I feel like they're, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they just need to bring in a few more big names to really start garnishing viewership. And then you can start, you know, tapping in local talent from the States instead of having all your best players go overseas to play in order to be able to make a name for themselves. Once the league legitimizes itself as, okay, there's some real players here. There's people, the talent is here. Well, then you'll keep the talent from being exported away. Um, the internal talent, the domestic talent. Um, 
so I, I think that both of those leagues definitely have the potential over the next few years to try to really cement themselves as, hey, we're it's no longer just the big four sports leagues. We got a fifth one. We're here to stay. We're just as good as them, and we'll be around for a long time. Um, or just be right there, you know, do that and be waiting for the NHL or don't wait for the NHL and just pass them up. Um, you know, I, I, I like hockey. Let's do that hockey. Uh, <laughs> um, I, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm a hockey expert. You know, I, I try to follow it when I can. Um, only been, only been to a few different Red Wings, uh, Red Wing games. So, I'm not a all out super fan of hockey. I enjoy it and would uh when it's on and the playoffs are always good. Um but I wouldn't be mad <laughs> if the big three or major league soccer kind of surpassed that and became a little bit more front page news when it comes to their sports too. So hopefully we'll see that soon. Um I don't know if you guys saw all of these ESPN layoffs, man. They they got they laid off the homie J uh Jalen Rose from the city. What's good, man? What up, though? How they gonna get rid of the, uh Jalen Rose? He one of the realest ones ever. Ever to do the thing. He's one of the first ones that one of the first uh, you know, all these athletes got podcasts and, and, and you know, all over ESPN now, but one of the first ones to ever do it while he was I mean he was still playing was Jalen Rose. He was on uh the best damn sports show while he was still a player. And was still getting uh you know six man of the year and <clears throat> awards and, and really uh really representing so you know shout out to Jalen Rose. Um, I right. I mean he's so talented. Um I'm not you know, it sucks that I thought that he was a staple with ESPN, so it sucks that he's not gonna be back around for NBA countdown next uh next year. Um and honestly, I don't necess I'm assuming that's all ESPN, right? Because it's all Disney, the ABC, but that's a good question that I'm uh might need some answers for is when they get laid off of ESPN, does that now also exclude them from uh, being a part of any ABC uh, contracts? I don't know if that was the ESPN on ABC. I think it's ESPN on ABC, so it's still ESPN. He'd probably, you know, ESPN employees. That makes sense, actually. Um, so, yeah, probably won't be on Countdown, um, but I'm sure that he will still be uh, very successful in his future endeavors because uh, he's a true talent. So, uh, shout out to Jalen. Um, but man, it, you know, it's, it it makes you wonder, especially with Shannon Sharp leaving. Uh, first, I'm sorry about the first. No, it's the first take. Now I'm tripping. What's the skip? Uh, I'm getting it mixed up. What's the one with uh? For Skip. Is that first take? Oh, no. They're undisputed. Um, 
Yeah, undisputed. So, you know, with him leaving undisputed, you know, Shannon Sharp going to join the ESPN, the ESPN squad where a lot of these layoffs so that they could fit room for guys like Shannon Sharp. That may be true, but it also makes you wonder, too, like why, what's going on? Why are they? Why are they feeling like they need to change things up? And I I personally have a take that I think that us as consumers, we're, uh, one, like I just mentioned, right? So all these cable packages, I'm, I'm paying for all this streaming stuff. I don't, you know, a lot of people don't, we don't know, man. We got to, I don't know if we can keep it all. Sometimes you got to get away with the cable. You got to, you got to do it all. And, and and just go streaming. Um, so I think that's part of the issue, too. Are people really watching ESPN the way they, the same way that they used to, especially when it's not a live sport? Are we watching sports in the same way we used to? Are we watching the NBA countdown before the game? Are we, are we giving them the numbers to justify them keeping these people? Because if we're not supporting them, and, you know, they're putting money behind this, right? There's ad money behind this. There's, you know, there's there's sponsorships behind this. So if they're not getting the type of viewership to justify the money, well, the money's already spent. So now we got to go get somebody else to recoup it. What we lost. So, you know, that's part of the reason why they're laying it off. But also, I think a lot of their viewership issues have to do with social media. And uh, guys like me, you know, well, not myself particularly. I ain't been doing this that long. But I just mean like podcasters, right? So you, you got Gillian Wallow. You got a big shout out to It Is What It Is. It is what it is. Big shout out to Cameron and Mace um, because I think they have a great sports show. And it's, I mean, they're in studio. It's, it's It looks just like everything that's going on ESPN, but they sound like us. They sound like me. They sound like you who's listening. They're not stuffy. They're keeping it real. They're talking about the same stuff. They know about the same. They know they have the knowledge and the research behind it. Shout out stat, baby. Uh, You know, they have all the same numbers that we're getting at ESPN, but it's coming from someone who sounds like us and looks like us and knows what they're talking about and keeping it within the culture. So I think that that honestly is is what's what's hurting ESPN. And until until they can get people that look and sound like us and allow them to be themselves on national TV, then I think they're going to continue to have this issue. I think they tried it right. They tried it a few years back with the. Uh, uh, was it Michael Smith and, and Jamel Hill when they had them doing their uh, his and hers doing um, doing Sports Center like we we got it for a hot a hot second and then they got rid of it and it's I think that that's the issue you gotta you gotta really look at who your consumers are and how can we garner their attention but have it be authentic because 
you know, we gonna we gonna know. We can see through it. The audience, the consumers, we we'll see through it if it's not real. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I I I like ESPN. I'm be honest, I I definitely do not watch it the way I used to. I used to wake up every single morning, first thing in the morning. I wouldn't touch no type of news, no nothing. Sports Center. Before I go to bed, Sports Center. Came home from school, Sports Center. When I got to college, in between class, Sports Center. Saturday mornings before we go tailgate, Sports Center. Now, I'm hitting, it is what it is. I'm hitting YouTube. I'm going to YouTube. I'm going down my Instagram, whatever, my feed, if seeing what, what the news is, what sports topics get brought up from there that lead the conversation. So, yeah, ESPN's got a lot of work to do. I understand why I, I, I don't like it. Um, I wish that they could just have, like, a big mass meeting and, and re-strategize instead of just letting people go. I don't I don't want to see anyone lose their job. Um, but I get it. I get why they've been struggling. So. Oh, yo, before before we head out, I almost forgot. So if you follow us on Instagram, uh, you can see we've been doing the uh, I kind of got in my feelings about Billboard's top 50 hip hop groups of all time. I was like, yo, this is cool. It's cool, but, you know, he ain't got that real funk. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. But it ain't it. I don't believe you. I need more people. You need more people. I got the people. I'm about it. I'm I'm the culture. I'm part of it. So I decided, yo, I'm going to make my own top 50 hip-hop groups of all time so if you've been watching our instagram uh every day in my stories um on uh the official page on instagram the uh mc nerd jock show then also on my own personal page gamecube that dude uh i've been naming off every single day in my story uh the groups on this list uh, but just for your interest, for the people that aren't rocking with me on Instagram. Uh, so I'll start with the honorable mentions. I have Onyx, Salt and Pepper, Souls of Mischief, Kid and Play, The Hieroglyphics, The Firm, Third Base, D12, and The Migos. Honorable mention. Uh, now, right now... I'm up to number seven, but because I rock with y'all, I'm going to give y'all a little sneak peek on the top five when we get to it. I'm going to just name all 50 on here because if you're listening, you're who I'm doing it for in the first place. All right, so at number 50, we got the Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, also, I guess... <laughs> disclaimer so partially why they're doing this is because 2023 uh marks 50 years of hip-hop now that's 
you know, some will speculate that hip hop started before 1973, but, and it probably did in all honesty, but I think because there's so much confusion and it's like, no, you know, it, it just was, it was, it wasn't planned. It was people, it was birthed out of necessity for community connection during a dark and crazy time, right? That's what hip hop was birthed from. So, um, DJ Cool uh Cool Herc, uh we you know, is the godfather of hip hop. Uh he threw a party uh in the basement of his building, um, uh, his project building. I think it was uh I should, you know, I'm over here saying project building, but I have no idea. It was a it was apartment building, um in the Bronx, South Bronx. Uh Man, I'm ter- I'm I'm disappointed in myself. I know it's Sedwick Avenue, but I used to know the building the building number. Um uh, 1520 Cedric Avenue is what they say is the birthplace of hip hop and it was August 11th, 1973. DJ Cool Herc had a party in his basement for I think like his cousin or his sister or somebody somebody's birthday party and he decided to unveil this master class or um mastermind thing trick that he had learned and been practicing and he had two of the same record and looped the part where there was no words and it was just the beat also known as the break these are the breaks because it was a break from the vocals so that's where you got a break beat because it was usually a drummer solo um during the middle of a song so he looped he marked he marked those records and looped them so that the break beat just didn't end. It just kept going and going. It keeps going. Charlie Clips out here. So, uh, so yeah, so everyone this year, you've probably seen a bunch of hints why I had <laughs> started off this thing with uh, the Detroit Hip Hop 50. That's what it was, 50 years of hip hop, uh, all of it gearing and leading up to August 11th. Uh, which would mark the exact day, 50 years, 1973 uh, to 2023. Um, so that's why all these lists and stuff are coming out, and that's why 50 is the amount, because we could have just said top 10 groups, top 15, top 20, top 25, whatever. 50 is because 50 years of hip-hop. All right, so number 50, the Sugar Hill Gang. Number 49, Run the Jewels. 48, State Property. 47, Real Big Timers. 46, Watch the Throne, Jay-Z and Kanye West. 45, Houdini, The Freaks Come Out at Night. 44, The Far Side, Running, Running, Running. 43, 
Black Star, who we are. Oh, and for those that don't know, Black Star is Yasin Bey, aka Mos Def, and Taleb Kwali. 42, Capona Noriega. 41, The Hat Boys, The Hat Boys. 40, Red Man and Method Man. 39, Black Moon. 38, M.O.P. 37, Little Brother. Fine, take a low, take a low, take a low. 36, Eight Ball and M.J.G. 35, The Dog Pound. 34, Clips. You are now listening to Star Trek. 33, Lil John and the East Side Boys. Bia Bia. 32, Dip Set, Dip Set, Dip Set, Dip Set. 31, Ghetto Boys. My mind's playing tricks on me. 30, Naughty by Nature. You down with OPP? Well, you know me. Uh, 29, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. I reminisce, I reminisce. 28, Goody Mob. Who's that peeking in the window? Pow, nobody now. Okay. 27 is UGK, the Underground Kings, the Legends, Bun B and Pimp C. 26 is probably, if I was trying, I was trying not to be biased with this, but if I was being biased, they'd be in the top three. Slum Village. Slum Village. Slum Village. Slum Village. <laughs> uh, 25. Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's Bone and Biggie, baby. It's Bone and Biggie, baby. 24. Brand Nubian. Punks jump up to get beat down. Don't let it go to your head, no. 23, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Just cool out because it's summertime. 22, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on themselves and then just don't care. 21, 3-6 Mafia. 20, Mad Villain. MF Doom. And Mad Lib. 19, the LOX, also known as D Block. 18, G Unit. 17, the Fugees. Ooh la la la. It's a natural. La, bing, bing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You already know. 16, Cypress Hill. 15, Boogie Down Productions. South Bronx, South, South Bronx. 14, Gangstar. Everyone must meet their moment of truth. 13, Two Live Crew. Little Brown. You already know how it's going. I couldn't, I couldn't help but do, do that one. I had to do it. Uh, 12, EPMD. 11, Eric B. and Rakim. So now we get into the top 10, right? 
So top 10, Beastie Boys at 10. At number nine, Mob Deep. At number eight, The Roots, the legendary Roots crew. At number seven, Run DMC. I hope you're down with the king. Number six, De La Soul. Me, myself, and I. Number five, N. W-A. I'm coming straight out of Captain. Number four, Public Enemy. Base, how low can you go? All right, top three, y'all. Outcast at number three. Number two, A Tribe Called Quest. And at number one, Top 50 hip-hop groups slash duos of all time. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang. 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 All right, you get the drift. Appreciate y'all rocking with me. That's all I got for today. Um, Definitely, um, I've been posting the links. I'll try to post it somehow in the description if they let me. Some of these um, DSPs be tripping about how much text you put in your posts when you're posting the audio. So if I can figure out a way to try to, like, put a link in there somehow, I will give you the link uh, to title where I have this playlist. And now that I'm on Spotify, I'm going to see if I can, like, transfer the playlist onto Spotify, the official MC Nerd Jack Show Top 50 hip-hop groups of all time playlist so it's already on title i got the honorable mentions on there i have 50 through seven uh and by the time you hear this i should have 50 through six so that will include de la, uh, de la soul now too um so you heard everybody on the list so the playlist is jamming because i just picked basically like some of their top five to six songs depending on some of the ones the earlier ones in that 50 through 40 not all of them have six songs that i like real jams that i can put on this list but for the most part try to pick their biggest songs biggest records or or my personal favorites of theirs and throw it in the list or throw it in the playlist so um you can throw that thing on shuffle and just be jamming out for a few hours so um yeah man I really appreciate y'all, and we will be back. I don't know when, probably in August sometime. You, it seems like I'm I'm able to kind of crank out once a month for right now. So like I said, fall season. Uh, hopefully we can get that to two a month, and then you know two will turn into four, and at some point I'd like to be giving y'all eight a month, right? So two a week, um, would be ideal once we really get rocking and this becomes um kind of the thing on our relationship between uh, myself and you guys uh you all the listeners as we start to have a deeper connection and y'all get to know me a little bit better and i get to know y'all a little bit better and we you know this becomes a little community which is my plan um then yeah hopefully i can rock with y'all and y'all rock with me and i'm hooking y'all up with you know eight 
eight plus uh, episodes of content for y'all to rock with. So content is king. That's what they keep telling me. All right, y'all. Peace. Deuces. What's so beautiful?